Good morning. <laughs> Good <laughs> Tim's always catching me when I'm not really ready. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, you had the two-minute two warning. I had, had the two-minute minute warning, warning, and I was still typing and looking up information because, you know, it's been a long week. So, so good morning. Welcome to our podcast this month. It's Tim and our guest from Two River Title, and I forgot his name two already. Two Rivers Title is Matt Cohen. Matt Yay. Cohen. Thank you. Thank you. We're at, we're at a shared. Thank you. We're at a shared universe podcast studio. We got Ming on the boards. Hi, Ming. Morning. Tim said who he was, but he didn't say where he's from. He's from Intercounty Mortgage. Intercounty Mortgage. He's a rocking mortgage man. That's he's also me. not rocket mortgage, rocking mortgage. You. You're welcome. See how I clarified that for nice. you? Nice. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Much better. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. So anyway, very exciting. Very exciting things going on. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So this very week, exciting. what's going on this week? Next well, week. Well, going on week. on Wednesday because today's Friday, so yes. this week's over. The well, no, the best, over, the best, best part of the week, week is, is coming. coming. Yeah. yeah, the next hour is a big part of this week. <laughs> well, you're right. you're right. Starring you. That's right. Okay. So anyway, but that's Here. after I get to perform, and we know that's my favorite part. Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, um, what's coming up on Wednesday? Spinnaker Awards. Spinnaker. You want to hear something absolutely amazing about Spinnaker? We have like 60 people coming. I know it's not very many people this year. Tim Davis, we are at 235 people and growing. All right, so when I walked in the office yesterday morning, we were at 228. Now in 24 hours, not even 24 not hours. Not even 24 hours. We're, we're up seven. Yep. So I think we're gonna get to 250. I think so. It's gonna be an awesome night of networking. It's gonna be an awesome night of auction items. It's gonna be an awesome night of meeting our amazing award winners. Um, and just, we have some, we have a musical, as kids, music foundation performing during cocktail hour. We have prizes and giveaways from Press Communications okay. Radio. We have yeah. awesome, awesome, oh, awesome stuff. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be a fun night. So, you know, what we need to do is we need to take this last on air before the event and thank our sponsors. So I'm going to run through that. It takes a while. We have a lot. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm just going to say that the live auction has some really incredible gifts coming this we don't year. It's I'm a sorry, gift not auction, not gift a live auction. auction. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's bids and yeah. tickets, I believe. Right. Uh, bids. I think there. summer tickets. Okay. I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Come and find out. But the items are awesome. There, we went through a list of the uh, auction items the other day at the board meeting. There's some fun stuff up there. Yeah, and they're getting more and more. So it's been really it's exciting. I think there's one that's dinner for twenty. That is awesome. Yep. 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 I don't awesome. have the list here, but you're gonna have to come and find out. You have to come and find out. It's awesome. Yep. So um, I do want to thank our sponsors. Press Admiral Sponsors, Press Communications, JCT Solutions, Stillwell Hanson Inc., and Ocean First Bank. Then we have our Commodore Sponsors, New Jersey Natural Gas, Provident Bank, Weathervane Service, Board, Monmouth County Board of Chosen Freeholders, and Hackensack Meridian Health. Our Captain Sponsors, EPS Corporation, O'Donnell McCord PC, Monmouth University, and Schwartz Mazda. Our Spinnakers Awards are sponsored by First Constitution Bank. Our cocktail hour is sponsored by Hoagland Longo, Moran, Dunst, and Dukas LLP, and Friedman LLP. And our bosun sponsors. Record number of bosun sponsors this year. I gotta tell you, it's awesome. It was a good deal. It was a good deal. Yeah, it was a good you deal. Get an advertisement, year, two deal. tickets. It yep. was it was awesome. Uh Linda Berry, uh, I don't have my glasses on for this one. Linda Berry McCormick. Something in Cooper. Sorry, guys. Brookdale. I'm getting all the names now. Linda Berry, Estabrook, and Cooper, PC. That's better. That's better, right? Yeah. Brookdale Community College, Woodward Realty Group, The Kirchen Group, JB Graphic Solution, Jersey Shore Financial Advisors, Stumpy's Hatchet House, Charles B. Hembling & Sons, EUC Corporation, Two Rivers Title Company, <laughs> Pension Parameters, Purple Glaze, McHugh Captain's Agency, CPC Behavioral Health, Georgian Court, Univer Georgian Court University, McLoon's Restaurants, Messina Mimna Wealth Management, Monmouth Daycare Center, New Jersey St State Teen Arts Festival and Arts and Education Center, and the Monmouth County SPCA. Our printing sponsor and decor sponsor printing is JB Graphic Solutions and Plates and Petals LLC, Allison Forte, is the, I have the wrong name. It's Plates and Petals, Event Designs by Allison Forte. Nice. So anyway, those that's our list of sponsors. So let's talk about that list of sponsors. Yeah, let's so talk we about got, it. So we got that list of sponsors about a month ago. 
I mean, it's, it's been, yeah, it's it's been, been growing, growing. But the main sponsors right. we got about a month ago. Yeah. So what's happened with those sponsors? Who, who's seen that? Where have they been advertised? What did they get out of that? What did they get out? Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, yesterday, the 10th e-blast went out about the event. So logos and connections to their own websites are on every e-blast. Right. Um, and... Oh, we do have another sponsor we're not allowed to, we're allowed to say, but we're not allowed to put is TD Bank. Thank you, TD Bank. Thank you, TD Bank. Um, so uh, anyway, logos and things went out on 10 e-blasts that go out to over 2,100 people. So that's, yeah. that, you know, it's just a small start. Depending on the level, they get um, signage at the event. They get, if they got in early enough, they got, actually went out on the printed invitations. They get tickets to attend and talk about their business and networking so they get even presence yep. at the event. Um, and I, oh, I don't know. We've mentioned them how many times on the podcast? Yeah, so we mention them every, every two, two weeks, weeks on the podcast. The, the, our, our primary sponsors are uh, on our website, you know, right so, in front. Right yeah, here. actually our website, they're on two different places on our website, all our sponsors. No, this isn't just a small thing. This isn't just the 220 or 2100 people that show up. We have the thousands of people throughout Monmouth County that hear about this event on it's because it's also, communications. It's on it's being advertised currently running this week on um the boss, one oh seven one the boss. Yeah. Now do the So sponsors, radio advertisement. Yes. The our award winners are listed. Yes. Our award winners who many of them have sponsored us. So there's right. there's multiple names out there. But yeah. Um when you only get thirty seconds you can only say so much. You took me longer than thirty seconds to read that list. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have to say where we're gonna be. We're gonna be at the Sheraton in Eaton Town on Wednesday the twenty ninth. We start at 5.30, cocktails for an hour, and then a fabulous dinner, presentations, um, awesome salute of the flag by the Girl Scouts, the whole procession there, um, press communications, giving away giveaways. Ray and I and Marie Noglos will be up front talking about all of our wonderful award winners and presenting those. It's an awesome oh, night. Yeah. There's so many. There's <clears throat> government officials coming. There's, you know, movers and shakers in the business industry. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah so I bring all that up just... Um, not necessarily just to promote this event, but so often when we start talking to people about sponsorships, it's, you know, I like your organization, but, you know, I, I don't want to give that kind of money up for something. It's not us asking for a handout. This is a very valuable tool to present your company to the business world out here. And if that's what you need to do, this is where you can do it. So, so there's a lot of sponsorships coming up over the next year. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Tim, you happen to personally know about this because you happen to be a co-sponsor. I might co-sponsor something. The you business are. after hours. So sorry, guys, you lost that one. We yeah, took it for the whole, whole year. year. Is already sold. But we also have breakfasts. We have Beach Bash coming up in the summer, yeah. which is an amazing event, and it. Almost doubled last year, and hopefully it'll do it again this year. We've already started planning for that. So there is a lot of opportunities, and it's to your best interest. And, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody from the chamber about sponsoring something, if it doesn't make sense for your advertising, we don't need your money that bad. Right. We'd like to have it. If you just want to give us money, that's great. Yeah. But hopefully it meets your advertising and promotional ideas. Right. So... It has an That's impact. It. I mean, I, I was going to say, I, Matt, I, what's it done for you? Because you already won two free tickets by being an awardee. And then you chose to go for a BOSUN sponsorship, which then gave you two more tickets and all the advertising on top of that. So what made you decide to put a little bit more up? Call uh, me up a little well, more. it's a combination <laughs> of things. Uh, first, once I was given the award and the promotion started going out from the chamber, I started getting emails and texts and phone calls from people I knew, even outside the area, congratulating okay. me on the award. It was picked up on social media, uh, and because the company that I use to promote the company and our website and put get us out there on Google, started picking up this information. Because it was picked up, other people put it out, into my friend Matthew Cohen, and all of a sudden, it got attention. And doing the sponsorship is a way of thanking the chamber. Also, I wanted to get more tickets for some of my friends that wanted to come <laughs> and share nice me job. Uh, But it also helps its recognition in the local community that I'm also a supporter of the chamber because all you know, if you want to be do business, especially in Monmouth County, 
It's a very small county, and everybody knows what everybody else does. They see that you're supporting the chamber and you're supporting the educational foundation of the chamber and uh, the good work that the foundation does. And they want to see that, yes, you're a part of it. So I had multiple reasons. You've been a chamber member for a while. Yes, I was much more active when I first joined, and then business and fa- you know you have start having <laughs> life, kids and life, life took, gets in the yes, way. Yes, yes. Right. Um, now my kids are at an age where they're mostly self-sufficient, mm-hmm. and they never become completely self-sufficient. No. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I know your I did parents it to you forever. <laughs> I, 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 well, then and then it switches, and then you know. Yeah. Well, and then you, you become know, the parent for them too. But right. So I used to you know, that help happens. organize those breakfast meetings. I was on that committee. Did oh, that for so, years. So there's definitely spaces. You bring up committees. You know, well, another see, one of my. You, you brought another one of Tim's passions to the table. Well, two any of them. Planning. Two of them, right? In, in a couple of sentences. First, let's talk about being a member of this chamber and being active in this chamber in a committee or leadership position. Again, this is, this is not a selfless act. Being part of this organization adds credibility to you and to your company that you know you are working with the people of your community and you're giving back to your community so it's really something very important to do and if you do spend your money to come into this great organization and i appreciate everybody who does join the way to get the most out of it without spending more money is to join a committee and become involved in this stuff it's just something you got to do if you really want to get the most out of it there's every event that we have we have a membership table and if you're interested in any one of the committee memberships talk to that person at the membership table come up join one of our committees yeah because basically this chamber has grown so fast in the last two years that it it's going to take you know it takes a village to raise the children to raise your children it takes a village to bring what is that thing that mike always says like it when the water rises, all ships float. That's it. And That's we, your favorite thing. I do, because it's the <laughs> truth. Like, the more and more people we get, the more... And ships is just a spinnaker thing, you know, too. Like, yeah, it's you. it's my image in my yeah. head. But, you know, we we do it together. And this... Yep. this The chamber exists to benefit our members. So it doesn't exist to benefit us. It exists to benefit our members, right. to help them build, to help them grow. And we can only do that with their involvement telling us what they want. I, Matt's like, this is cool. I'm not doing any talking. I can yeah, look around I, at the we'll awesome stuff in here. Yeah, we, we get to you. I, I just noticed the hibiki that's on the shelf. Nice choice, Ming. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that all this time we've been in here, I've seen Porg, but I did not know what Porg was until I finally just watched Star Wars in the last two weeks, and I caught up on what Porg is, and now I want to take this off the wall and have it myself, but I can't. Yeah, but. well, that's why you get strip searched every time you leave. I, <laughs> oh, is that why? I thought it was for something else, but okay. Um, um, so, hey, Elaine so, says, Elaine t- chimed in, and she says we're going to party like rock stars. When, tonight? No, it's Spinnaker. Oh. That's right. Just She's saying. not around tonight. She's not around tonight. Did she say okay. to bring Porg? No, she doesn't. She doesn't want me to. Her daughter would want me to bring Korg, but yeah. So anyway. Um. So as far as the committees, just just one last note on that. When I first started getting involved a couple of years ago or a year ago, whenever it really was. It was. It, seems, it was. It seemed. Sometimes since, it seems like just yesterday and sometimes it seems like forever. <laughs> yeah, I walked into the committees that I joined and there was one or two people, three people. We've had to move because we can't fit in the office anymore for the after hours. The uh, marketing communications membership committee. We had 20, 25 people in there. Yeah. And this is, these are the people that you create these close relationships with that allow you to do business, that allow you to connect in a way to get the confidence, the relationship built to support your your business. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you much rather do business with someone you know than someone? Way to go. Yeah. And, and, how do you get to know people? By meeting them face to face. Right. So Matt spent a lot of time in the, in the beginning of the organization meeting people. And now we, uh, I'm assuming that you've met a lot of people. Tell me some of the stories or successes that you've had in the chamber. Um, it's It would be hard to pinpoint them. This is going back to years ago. I said the Eckhoffs have used him as a more, as for I, title and, you know. I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, you're talking going back 20 years when I first got involved with the chamber. And... I met so many people through there. I mean, I'm new to the county. Well, 30 years. I was going to say, in, uh, you're, not, you're Monmouth, as new as I am now. <laughs> in Monmouth, that's new still. Yes. yes. In Monmouth, you're measured by not how many years you've lived here, but how many generations. generations. Yes. Which was a little bit of a culture shock when I first moved down here. 
and everybody were like, who, who are you? And yeah. Are you related to anybody? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, wait till you marry into the county and you find out you're related to all these people and you can't talk about anybody. It's, uh, it closes well, you the gossip anyway. up. I know, it closes <laughs> gossip channels up. So I, you know, when, when I first joined, it wasn't, I didn't have the title agency. It was the law firm. And so we picked up clients, local businesses, because I used to do a lot of business law in addition to real estate. Um, I mean, dozens, if not hundreds of transactions and clients I picked up through the years. And my real start was one was local, the Little Silver Business and Professional Association. Which is still which is still yep. around, right? And two, the uh, Eastern Monmouth Area Chamber of Commerce. We, I just, Definitely I mean, I could start around. rattling off names like Ray Okoff or, right. yeah. or, or Matt uh, Schneider, or, you know, if I could start going through the names of the people who are still active. Right. And I've been able to return the favor. Um, you know, I do business with a lot of people. Both uh, goes goes in both directions, and I've made a lot of friends. I mean, if I sat here, I'd have more names than you read off for the sponsorships. So <laughs> that's, I want to take that's, out. Good. Right. that's good. That's it's, good. It's great. The, the breakfast committee, when I did that for about three years, um, that's how I really got to know people. Because it was. it was not just going to events; it was being involved and then being in leadership of one of those events. So you were there. How do we get more stage. people to show up? Was part of it. How do we make the breakfast meetings more productive, and more useful for people? Um, we still do. I see. We still do the uh, the free breakfast giveaways. You draw still the cards. Give it, still, well, I actually, I'm not doing that quite as much as I used to. But um, it's really because we run out of time. <laughs> we spend. Well, we forgot. Well, we forgot. But we also spend. We have different. One thing that we've changed since you were doing it is we used to just do every we used to do the thirty second commercials. Yes, you know, and now we actually do networking activity beforehand. So when our and we're getting speakers who are really engaging, and so the time to do a drawing at the end of the meeting sometimes it's like we got to go because this has been awesome, but I got to get back to work at ten. So you know, so but, but everybody gets a free breakfast or a free a free breakfast with their membership. Yes, and so it just helped. I didn't know anybody. I moved when I moved down here. It was because I wanted to live near the beach, and I want. I knew I was going to want to start a family, buy a house, and I was looking where I lived up in North Jersey. It was very the differences between prices, the congestion. I wanted to have kids grow up in an area that reminded me of the way I grew up in a much earlier earlier time in North Jersey, <laughs> eons ago. It seems right now, and. Um, you know, they got the advantage of living in a small town and growing up near the beach and a nice pace to life. And I got to get to know people my age through the chamber. I mean, that really was one of the big things. Yulid, that's an interesting because a lot of people, we started with this when we first started our big comeback two years ago. Um, you know, people were thinking it was grandpa's chamber because people have been in and stay in for so long. We have a nice group now that are moving forward that are younger and coming in and starting again and joining us. And we have the ENG, which is Emacs Next Generation Group. And they're saying the same thing. That's how I got to know people my own age. And that's what they're doing. And then, But they recognize the value of the experience of people older. And the people yeah. of older are recognizing the experience, not the experience, but the knowledge and the exposure. the exposure and newness of the younger people. So it's working really nicely. Yes, unfortunately, I'm no longer one of those newer or younger people. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> the, they don't. The best part of the E&G is they know how old they are. They know how old the rest of us are. But if we're young at heart and in our brains, they don't have an age cut off. So I pretend and they let me. It's awesome. It is. It is. It's awesome. Well, if they don't, you cut them off, so. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They actually have their committee meetings without me. Because they have it at the same time we have our BAH meetings, so. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, uh, let us talk about Matt and your business. And title is probably one of those things that not a lot of people understand. Why do they need them? And what do you do? And what's that little thing on my mortgage, which is a lot of money? So what is title? <laughs> what is title? Title insurance, when we insure title, we're telling the homeowner, the business owner, the bank, that here's what you own. And here's who else may have a right to part of it or all of it, who have a lien or entitled to get paid against the property. And our job is to figure that out. Um, so there's lots of ways we do that. There's different databases we use. There's the county land records at the courthouse. 
And our job is to make sure that nobody else comes knocking on your door and saying, why are you in my house? And, <laughs> okay. And why don't I own my house anymore? <laughs> and so 99% of the time, it's fairly standard. We tell when somebody is buying or selling a home, we tell what mortgages have to be paid off. If there's a judgment against somebody, if there's the taxes haven't been paid, um, if uh, PSE&G or JCP&L has a right to cut through part of their property to put up a power line, um, we let everybody know exactly what is going to happen now and what's going to happen down the road if you buy this house. So, for instance, if I have a house and there's power lines going through the back of it, through somewhere in my title information, it'll show me why that's allowed, if it is. Correct. Okay. And, and you'd be surprised. In some states, it's very easy to search title. And it's and the rates reflect it. New Jersey is one of the most difficult because we're a colonial uh, state. You know, we... We've had settlement in this area for 400 years, and we have conflicting land records that go back for hundreds of years, and people don't pay attention. I've had very unusual situations where people buy a home, and so far it hasn't happened for something that we've searched, but um, we, when we uncover the search, we point out things that the seller has restrictions on their property, and they go, what are you talking about? And some of those restrictions are very severe. We had a historic property here in Monmouth County, and it was a nice, large property. By the way, I have lots of stories. I so. can imagine. <laughs> I just keep going. The, um, Kevin McCormick is actually saying this is totally great and really exciting, and he's listening, and so is Kevin Moot. So wow. we, so, we got lots everybody. of people listening to us this morning. So you have a large property in Western Monmouth that's at the intersection of a very small road and a main road. And the, the home was put up it's, it was put up around 1760. It's a very historic structure, but it's been lived in. It's not one of these dilapidated structures that has a plaque on it, and everybody wonders, are we going to get it to restore? People have been living in that house. But up until around 1996, that, that property had about 200 acres attached to it. This was, that was a big farmer. And they had a, a farm that continued all the way into the into the mid 20th century. And then what happened? Developer comes along, offers them a lot of money to sell off the farm. They keep a little piece for the house near the road, and they put up about 400 homes. Now they put a gas line from the main road to service that brand new community, and. That gas line was less than 10 feet from the side of the house. Now, the people who bought the house were intending on putting on a big addition. Oh, no. And their surveyor didn't point it out. Their title agent didn't uncover the easement, which was there, was recorded. I'm not sure how they missed it, but they did. It actually was on a filed map, which showed the the location of where the sewer, the, uh, not the sewer, but the uh, gas main was to be located. Well, you can't really move a gas main that services a, a whole four hundred <laughs> homes. You just can't do homes. that, right? Um, and that was a big problem. Those that we've I've had those type of situations where people were not aware of big utility lines that ran through their property or the right to put utility lines. Um, we just had one. You know, I made it sounded like a joke. But what are you doing in my home? But I just had to answer a subpoena and provide documents related to a closing we did only about a year ago because the seller had sold the house previously. Oh, no. And you think, well, how can... And it's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm thinking, how can that happen? How can that happen? Well, and we are the... How does that happen? This is the, you know, is the criminal smart or stupid? They were smart enough to realize that they could steal a couple hundred thousand dollars this home in Long Branch, or and but they were too stupid to realize that they were definitely going to get caught, caught right? Because it was their real name, they inherited the property from the parents who owned it for since 1968. And they sold the pro it, they had a tenant in there. She is a she has licenses, professional licenses. I don't want to say too much details, but the case is ongoing in New Jersey and in California, where she now resides. She sold it to an investor. There's a tenant in the property. 
She sold it to an investor. Investor got a mortgage. The title agency did the closing. Never paid the underwriter. Never recorded the deed. Never recorded the mortgage. And went out of business. Wow. Now, about nine months later, she realizes she's still getting the tax bills. So she's smart enough to look online and signs that nothing was ever recorded. Um, now I'm hypothesizing what happened. Right, right. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fascinated. All, all, all I can tell you is uh, this is what was going on. So let me see. That's the guess. That, and she decided that she had the right to sell it again. Um, and she did. And we did that second closing. But we had no, there was no way for us to uncover because nothing was ever recorded. So she sold it to another investor. And then the, the first lender, who was desperate because they didn't have a recorded mortgage, they're looking. So they record their mortgage. But meanwhile, we've closed. And recorded and, your mortgage. And deed and mortgage. And now the prior lender is suing the title underwriter from the first transaction. And the title underwriter said, well, we didn't get paid for I mean, this is. There's only so much I can say about how right, a title underwriter is going to handle a claim right. fr from a, an agent that closed their doors, and but the new, you know, it's how does this happen? Because you don't have somebody that's moving into the house the same day, because you have a tenant in there, right? Yeah, and so it's it's ownership, but it's not living there, but somebody else is living there, and but we have deed thefts now that are occurring around the country, and I've come across a few of these. People ask me my advice because they hear me speak um, on, especially on on fraud. And security issues as it related as it relates to land transactions, but they target people who are on vacation. Because it's they and then they break into the home, they show it, and you know, three or four weeks if they price it right. And if they especially if it's in an area they use it's like a for sale by owner situation is usually the, the scenarios that I see. And they oh, come in and people think they're getting yeah. a great bargain. I mean, if well, you they Google, are, if you, except if, it's not there. If you Google the phrase, you know, that homeowner on vacation and theft of home. That's unbelievable. It's, it's, it was unbelievable. And now it is a pattern of fraud that people in the real estate community have to be aware of. Uh, it's, wow. So, and my job, two thirds of my company is no longer related to title examination. We're, we do closings. It's an the company has evolved. We're an escrow agent, which means we handle the documents and the money for 95% of the deals that we do. We do it for on residential transactions, commercial transactions, and for government entities. And our two-thirds of our company is moving the money around and making sure we move it around properly. So what does that mean? I mean, what's that mean to me walking in, sitting down, and closing my mortgage? It means you give me the money. Okay, <laughs> that's that's really what it means. Is and it's your good lawyer, that you look trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but everybody gives you the money now. Right? They do, but ten years ago they gave the money to the lawyers. Right now it's common through most of New Jersey and most of the country where the there's an escrow company or a title agency who's acting as the escrow agent. That if you're buying, if you're the one buying the home, you're going to send, you're going to wire me the funds, or you're going to get me a certified check. Um, the bank is going to wire me the funds, and I'm going to wire the funds and send out checks to everybody who's entitled to get paid from the closing. And that's the biggest difference, because when I was doing this as a lawyer here in Monmouth County, um, title agency, they, you know, they sent me a, a binder, a, a group of papers that told me what I needed to do so my client would have good title. Um, the bank sent me the money, the, the buyer sent, gave me the money. And I cut the checks as the lawyer, and it was a big sea change in the way of of, of the, both for the consumers and the legal community um, that now a title agency was going to do it because for since before we were a country in New Jersey, lawyers handled transactions of real estate. They did everything. They abstracted out the title. They searched the land records themselves. They handled the money. They wrote the they. They wrote out all the documents, the deeds, the mortgages, and slowly the lawyer's role has become more refined and more narrow. Now, they, they're providing advice, um, they're providing oversight, but only for a handful of attorneys and law firms do they actually handle the money. So I'm at, we're, I'm at the table where one of my employees is sitting at the closing table when you buy that home and you walk out of the door with the keys, 
chances are we're there. We're watching, we're making sure that everything was done necessary for you to walk out the door with the keys. So the difference between, so when you have a mortgage, who is that title insurance benefiting? Like that big, that big number. The big number is mostly benefiting the bank, okay. the lender. But there's, we break it into two, the, the bill is broken into two parts. Most people, and, and I'm not saying this as a, a title agent, I'm saying this as somebody who owns a home. I'm saying this as somebody whose parents bought a, a place in Florida not too long ago. Um, you want to have that policy in place. Which policy? The title insurance policy, the homeowner's policy. There's a lender's policy and there's an owner's policy. But you basically get, you don't paying twice, you're paying, it's it's just broke, the bill is just broken into two parts. Well, so when you get, when you get, a, when you get a title insurance, the, well, when you get a mortgage, the mortgage company says, you need to insure my interest yes. and make sure that if this house gets taken away, that I get paid. Yes. Okay. So that's that's what the that's what the mortgage company says. If that house gets taken away and you have that title insurance, whatever you've put into that house and whatever equity you have, me as the homeowner, that's not covered with that single policy, right? No, but almost all the time the owner's getting their own policy at the same time. We have a simultaneous rate in New Jersey. So you're getting your owner's policy, and for $25 more, the lender's getting their policy. Okay. They're covered for slightly different interests, but for the owner, it's much more expansive. So if that house really isn't yours, but it was sold previously, <laughs> now you have that fight, now the title underwriter steps in to defend your rights. If you weren't told that that gas, that three-foot-wide gas main servicing 400 homes was right next to your property, and that house you paid... Nine hundred thousand dollars for is no weird is not worth anywhere near that, and you can show that the value of the property has been significantly diminished, and it was. Now you have a right to make a claim. Now, like I said, I can't interpret the policies for my underwriters, but right. I can tell you that the biggest the biggest the biggest source of the biggest source of claims in my mind outside of fraud now, which fraud was. A far distant issue, you know. That right. was that was number fifty-seven on the list. Now it's number one on the list in my mind. Um, something wasn't paid off. Homeowners association wasn't paid off. A prior mortgage or an equity line wasn't paid off. A judgment against the seller. Now somebody comes knocking on the door. They said, "We want to get paid." And by the way, since my lien predated your purchase of the home. We have the right to get paid, or we're going to foreclose on you. Right, and that's and that's when title insurance steps up. And as good as I think we are, and I think we're great, I think we're one of the best in the state. It's impossible to always get it right, and more importantly, sometimes there's that that lawsuit is going to happen just because not that we missed anything or the, or the other title agency missed anything, but somebody else is, thinks they have a right, and. But something was misindexed. Now that's the concept that, um, if I can go, if I can go into the weeds a little bit, you go where you need to go, babe. You've lost me completely, but Tim's got you. You got me. So yeah, um, you know. <laughs> but I'm learning a lot. Things are. It's indexed in the county. There's four major systems of indexing land records in New Jersey, and they group by letter of last name. And up until modern computer systems, so. We search two different ways now. I'm not going to get into that. So if your last name starts with a D, you're in the, depending on which county, you're in the A to D book or A to E book. So it's a, called a grantor-grantee index, the buyer and the seller. So uh, wait, can I interrupt for a second? Because here's the situation. Eckhoff, Raymond. My father-in-law is Eckhoff Raymond. I'm Jennifer. My mother-in-law is Joyce. We got R's, J's, and E's all together. How do they? They go. They go by your last name. Then they look by the municipality, and then they have we to. We both look, live in Rumson. And they have to look at every instrument and my local abstractor. Because we have two people on staff that work spend most of their days in the Monmouth County Courthouse <laughs> um, Hall of Records, and they have to look at every document that has an E at the end of it and trying to make sure they've identified your property and make sure they've identified every instrument that affects your property. So 
just for your house, yes, it's 10 Main Street or here for a shared universe, one Main Street. If you if shared universe owned this building, we'd still have to look at every every document that started with an A in this town to make sure that we got all the liens. And guess what? People make mistakes when they're indexing and they misspell. Or the, the searcher who was looking at hundreds and hundreds of documents that week, they forgot to write something down on the sheet that they, that they fill everything out. Or they cross out the wrong ones in that, well, that one doesn't apply. That's not this property. And it can get, some of these searches, you think it's very simple. Is it sound, oh, we just go online and we just look up the name. Eventually, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> and by then, it'll be something completely different by the time we catch in up. In another I think. 20 or 25 years, it'll be all computerized searching. But, like, we do a lot of open space preservation. Um, we do, um, like, farmland. And we, when we've done work, especially in Cumberland County and Gloucester County and Atlanta County, guess what happens? People own the fa the same family owns thousands of acres since, you know, eighteen twenty two, uh, like the song uh, from Doc Watson or whatever, eighteen twenty five in Tennessee, and the Johnson family used this one couple used to own fifteen hundred acres, and then when they passed away, their six sons and three daughters and all their spouses each got. 150 acres apiece, or this one got 500 acres, and it's all indexed under Johnson, but they're all named Johnson. And the next generation is Johnson, and they sold, one brother sold to his cousin, uh, one sister gave it to her nephew, and it's all Johnson. And so just to search out, now the state wants to preserve the last 50 acres, and we have to look at every Johnson deed since the 1820s. And so now all of a sudden I have a dedicated person who's spending two, three weeks just looking Look up in this one municipality in the J's, oh my which goodness. is, of course, the thickest Right, book I was going to say the, J is huge, yes. Yeah. And the thickest book in the county. And by the way, there's still a lot of Johnsons in Gloucester County and, <laughs> and in that town. And, not a, and there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's a municipality and there's 10 different cousins. And that's what we have to do. We have to try and figure it out. So it's wow. not, eventually it'll all be computerized searching. And but computers be, make mistakes too. So it's not going well, it's, to come, it'll be yeah. faster for searching, but it's not going to eliminate the issues. Exactly. Yeah, because and, the same mistakes happen. Right. The entry is more mistakes than, you know, slipping in the wrong folder. And so we have to, we have to make sure, you know, we do our best and we do a pretty good job. Good. That's so a listen, good summary of title. Yeah, that, that was one a good question. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you brought some stuff with you. Um, there's uh, more to you than title and lawyering. So what else are you involved in that you uh, are proud of? Well, uh, thank well, because you. this would be why you are our winner for community service. Well, because uh, you incorporate not only in yourself but your business as well. I know that that I do know. All right. Now the the award is for the company. Yes. So let me talk about some of the people at my office. Please do. The um, they we got this community service award, and maybe it's because of some of my activities that it came to the attention uh, of the uh, the electors or whoever chooses the awardees. Um, but it's the people in the office; they do everything. Uh, uh, Daniel Cannon is a coach, and Gordana Maurer has organized Walks for Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. And she got over the last couple of each year, I mean, it's growing. I think she got half of our company to show up early in the morning to show their support for the research she's doing. Um, Agnes Nicholas, uh, she teaches Latvian because that's where she grew up. She grew up there. Um, the volunteer activities is spread throughout the company. And they all do things in their own way. A lot of them are parents. Even when they have young kids and they're working full time, they find, find a way to give back. So it runs the gamut. Um, people have done the HabCorp projects here in Monmouth. And um, last, last year, uh, the, the Jersey, the 5K run, I was out there passing out water. But so were other people in my office. Not because I asked them to, because they knew somebody like, Ryan Zaharchik, who's who's been involved mm -hmm. um, organizing volunteers for that activity. So they find a way to give back. 
And as we've talked about in one of our breakfasts, and I'm, we mentioned, it does start at the top. I mean, you as the business owner must allow time for this, and mm-hmm. you lead by example as well. Well, we did we did institute a couple of policies, but it's because this is what they were doing. So we have, they get additional paid time off uh, to do it. We have a matching program for their donations. Oh, awesome. Wow. But it wasn't, you know, because I felt that I needed to recognize what we were doing with their time. And I didn't want them to have to take a day off of their vacation and because they want, they felt that this was something that they needed and wanted to do. I said, okay, so that'll be considered a work day. Which is great leadership for running a company, uh, in my opinion, I think. And again, one of the key reasons for the community surface, because you were already, rec- you recognized and went above and beyond as a company to allow your employees to continue what they were doing. Well, if, if you're the owner of a company, you have to take your cues from the people who work for you. And the, the only way you're gonna keep them motivated is to recognize not just the good work that they're doing inside the office, but the good work they're doing outside the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that you, I'm gonna hold this up. I wanna show Yay, this. Yay, Steam Park. <laughs> Steam Park, here's, here's my pitch for Steam Park. Go for it. Um, I used to still be able to say the mission statement, but I can't do it off the top of my head anymore. Um, the mission statement, the language of the mission statement, I mean, yes, we provide uh, programming. I'm, a, I'm the vice president now of the Board of Trustees for Steam Park. Um, I'm a true believer. Uh, my friend Lee Dim started this organization uh, almost three years ago, and we provide um, supplemental programming in STEM and the arts to underserved communities and uh, school districts. But I won't say, I won't, I don't want to use that language anymore. We're trying to get away from that language because we don't want to say this is just for underserved communities. This is to give everybody who, when there's not the programming necessary for kids to achieve their best, to give them, we want to give them the tools that they need to compete in a 21st, uh, you know, 21st century economy. This is about giving them programming that just not available in their town. So right now we're, we're you know, coding camps, uh, Steam Girls is a once a week program at the Neptune Public Library. Um, we're launch uh, over the next few months. Uh, we're expanding that program to other towns. We're gonna be in Asbury Park. Um, we're going to be, we've done- Started co- in Keensburg. Started in Keensburg. We did a full, we did after school programming uh, for young children. It was very successful. Some of the most interesting Parts of that are the, were the different components. We have teen volunteers, so uh, a lot of high schools in the a lot of high a schools lot in the area. A lot of kids are very involved. It's awesome. High school they get community service hours for doing this, and they get to work as teachers' aides. We had teachers who, instead of getting paid or uh, as being after school tutors, they were either volunteering their time or giving us a discounted rate because they saw uh, the what we were doing, the reaction of the, and reaction of the young students. We did a summer prank, a, excuse me, a summer program in Kingsburg because there wasn't a, a, a municipal summer program. Or what they had was only for a few weeks and a few hours. So we managed to provide that add-on experience um, for, for the afternoon and continue it for most of the summer. We hope to be doing that again. Um, we're in talks with Kingsburg right now. And, but I went to watch uh, at the Neptune Library um, a few months ago just to watch one of the classes mm-hmm. and see. And you know, it's it is supposed to be for the this is this was a step this was a Steam Girls program. So why don't you um, before we go any further say what Steam is because there I know people are familiar and they hear it but they don't necessarily know what it stands for. Well, so, well, STEM is science, technology, engineering, engineering and, and math. math. And we add the arts. Um, so that makes steam. So that makes steam. And they put on, in Keensburg, uh, the arts consisted of a number of things. I mean, there was drawing and modeling. And you're talking about kids who are in first, second, third grade. Yeah, and we didn't, one was doing a musical and I got to watch, I, I ordered it. I wanted to see what was going on. And they put on, they're putting on a play and they're, and they're teaching the songs. And you have kids, a lot of, a lot of this, these students, especially those with some type of disability um, or I'm rather a learning disability or they need, um, uh, you know, if they have a, an emotional issue and they may be hard to control, they, these are the ones that 
get pushed out of the regular programs that, that a lot of private organizations, they don't want the kids that they say, oh, they're troublemakers or they're too difficult to handle. But when you have such one-on-one -on -one relationships, when you have in that small group students, a teacher, trained teachers with state-based curriculum, plus teenagers, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th graders, and kids relate more to they relate to the kids. They, they relate really to the kids. And it's not like they're lost in a classroom where there's 15 or 20 to one teacher. Now, all of a sudden, a group of six or seven, you may have two people involved. My daughter did this for a while. Um, my wife, Leslie, who's hiding on the couch over there. Um, she, uh, she acted as a teacher's aide for a semester. And it's just, you know, we're ramping up our fundraising. We're taking it to more towns. And you know, we want this to go viral. We'd like to see this throughout the county, throughout the state, where we're building a model for volunteers, for teachers, uh, so that we can identify what the need is. You know, you tell us. We're your community partner. We go in. You know, towns are reaching out to us. So we did it in Leonardo. We did. We did it in Middletown. We've done it in Keensburg, Asbury Park, Neptune. We're gonna. We have the requests are coming in. Now we just have to scale up. Both inside, both our staff and our volunteer network. It is so, you know, in full disclosure to everybody who's listening, before I started at the chamber, I was one of the startup people behind Steam Park. So I'm very, very familiar with the program and it is awesome. And the passion that Lee has for educating the kids, she just, her whole passion is really just to give these kids what they need. Um, but some of the experiences I had was working a table in Keensburg and we had all these coding toys and the the kids were fascinated. But I ended up buying a robot like I have a toy at home that does things because I became so fascinated with it as well. And how do you teach a first grader to code and how do you introduce them to the concept of writing a computer program? They and the, te the teacher comes in and they have a set of boxes with a bunch of marbles. And it's like, and here's, they, they write a set of questions on the board and they're asking the kids to answer yes and no. And they show you and they have hidden answers under the different boxes. And they take some and they said, okay, you have two marbles in this box. What's your answer to this, yes or no? Move the two marbles over. If the answer is no, move one marble over. And how do you, and they said, and so the concept is, this is just simple, you know, binary, system zeros and ones and all of a sudden and you see it over the space of a half hour or an hour or two hours they start getting the building blocks and start thinking about things in a different way it's not about the language of coding it's the it's the basic concept that all you're doing is making a series of choices and how many choices you make or how you make those choices determine what box the marbles wind up in and I never would have thought of that. No. I thought yeah, that's pretty brilliant. It and, is. It was, and it's, it's so awesome. And I'm just giving you one example of dozens of ways that they get, and they have different ways of doing it depending on the age of the students. I mean, the, the coding camp in uh, the Steam Girls in camp, um, there was an age cutoff. And, but some of the girls, went, and we bring in healthy food snacks and well, that's the other part, too, and I, I don't want to lose that because I know and I don't know where it's evolved to now. But one of the founding parts behind it when we first started was um, not only are we teaching them and giving them what they need, but sometimes kids in some of these environments were only getting whatever meals were served at school. Right. So it became how to ch choose a bag of apples versus a bag of potato chips how to and then let's work in some yoga to teach us to calm down and also work our bodies and connect our minds and it was it was all, it wasn't just the schooling it was let's it was life and and, and they respond to it They're, you're talking to them as as people you're not talking to them as kids and so i think the cutoff is sixth grade and but they wanted to bring their friends so okay you have a seventh grader it's, it's not about the rules in a school system you're going to have age cutoffs. You're going to have, a, as a volunteer organization, as a nonprofit, you have somebody, up, they're too old, they're in the wrong grade, but you want to learn and your friends in here, come. We, 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 want to have an we want to have an open environment, a safe environment, and give these kids the extra tools that they need and they may be lacking. So 
I, I love it. I'm a groupie now. As <laughs> a groupie from day <laughs> one, and just <laughs> um, the other organization I'm involved with, uh, probably everybody's heard about, is the Monmouth Conservation Foundation. It's been around for 43 years. It's just just great. You know, preserve park. You know, create and preserve parks and open space and farmland and sensitive waterways and wildlife habitat. I just became a trustee a few months ago. Um, but I love it. every minute I've spent with it. The and again relating back to children, the there's a I don't know if you've seen it yet, or if, I don't know if you've seen it yet. These there's a phenomenon that's happening in Huber and Hartshorn Woods um, that people are creating these little miniature villages, and they're bringing in. So if you know where to look now, some of them are right on the path, some are just off these off the trails. And yeah, like the little they, fairy villages, like fairy villages. But some <laughs> oh, of them are. Awesome. But some of them are really elaborate. They're creating stone pathways, and somebody makes a handmade swing that's tiny, and <laughs> all of a sudden, you you went from some. some Somebody was, you know, some family was there and they decided to put a little doll, a miniature dollhouse down. And then the next person came along and decided to, well, you can't have a house unless you have a yard with a tree. So they all of a sudden a little tree sprouts up a few weeks later when I'm hiking the same trail. And some of them are really, and now I've seen, I think I've come across four of them now. And so it's, how important oh, that's so cool now it's just not going for a hike or going mountain biking now i'm sure that there's a lot of families that are starting to create their own or add to somebody else's so it's, a, it's a very cool but that's how this is you know marty huber's family this you know huber woods is and they're and they're he, monmouth county they're, they're still, still here, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about people who said okay we want to make an impact on our community and they took some of the property and they donated it to to the county and created the park system. So the mission of the Monmouth Conservation Foundation, we partner with, we know we provide services to the county and municipalities, and we directly uh, reserve and we work hand in hand with state, county, and local uh, entities to um, keep expanding our parks and our wildlife habitat. Well, we definitely awesome. have some of the best uh, outdoor spaces in, in the state. We do. You oh, know, we do. Well-maintained and, and accessible and patrolled it's it's a great place to live down here elaine um chimed in again because she loves to listen we love listening to elaine have elaine join us um and she's not even in town she's traveling and she's paying right. attention so well, thanks Kevin. Elaine. kevin's down kevin there. actually said hello from new orleans oh. um so anyway, Elaine said, she was talking about Steam Park, and she said that's an excellent program for those of us that don't fit in a box. We all learn in different ways. And, you know, interestingly enough, she homeschooled her child for that reason um, in a, and is very interested in the alternate options for kids that don't learn the same way as everybody else. And Steam Park does that. Yeah, it's, it's great. And and. If anybody ever wants to take a, uh, see one of our programs in action, I'll be happy to uh, show them what we do. And we find you through your company, Two Rivers Title Company, LLC, in Little Silver. Yes. You're actually right in Little Silver, and right by the train station. Yes, and we have offices in Titton Falls also. Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry I didn't know that. That's okay. I learn something new every day. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're growing. We're a growing company. So actually, if you guys want to hear more about Matt, he has two more minutes at Spinnaker on Wednesday night. So you can. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll talk about Steam Park there also. <laughs> He's bringing a lot of his Steam Park friends, actually, to, uh, to join us. So if you're interested in Steam Park, you'll get an opportunity to meet them and speak to them as well. So, um, you know, so give us a fine. We have it's 953. We have a few more minutes. We can't tell a long story because only seven minutes. But okay. um uh, give us give us one of your favorites, I guess. Or you could mention, you know, you mentioned Leslie sitting here. And you could mention, you did promise her you would say something. Um, so what does Leslie do, Matt? Les <laughs> Leslie is the managing partner, uh, inspiration, um, dynamic leader of Cohen Howard LLP. Um, the law firm provides... Um, we represent out-of-network medical providers, doctors and hospitals, and um, help them navigate the healthcare reimbursement system. 
Oh, that's Can a I, challenge. <laughs> Congratulations a, and kudos to you. But um, she's also doing patient advocacy work. I mean, it is a, you know, everyone knows the problems with mm-hmm. health insurance. Yep. And it's not just the patients that face it. It's the doctors also. And through uh, very creative um, analysis and an unbelievable amount of determination, she's managed to have an impact on the on the system. Awesome. You want to come over here and you say something? Come say hi. No, she's sitting on the couch. She's even out of. Actually, you can kind of see her on the camera a little bit over my shoulder. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's going to duck and hide and run out of the room. But so it's great. I mean, it's it's a privilege. I mean, I, I I've had a, have a little bit of involvement, but really, it's that's it's, it's, her, it's baby. her baby. It's her baby. Um, and the doctors we represent, some of them are some of those talented um, surgeons in the country, and. Uh, helping them so that so that they can help the patients is a it's um it's I, I'd love to take some credit for it, but it's really it's all Leslie. I have to, and the reconstruction is really. Out. Oh, I just saw a big ad for that. Reconstruction can be covered. No, but, oh, that was reduction. Never mind. That was a different thing. Uh, it's, <laughs> it can be covered by insurance. You know, a, 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 a big portion of the cases that we handle involve um, cancer victims. It's breast reconstruction. At, or accident victims. And so, you know, there's multiple stages and you have to get approval at every stage. And the doctor says, but these these surgeries, and there are four parts, and I'm not going to go into the details, but these are staged surgeries. Yeah. You don't just go in and cut it out and you're done. No. Um, and that the doctors have to battle for approval at every stage and they have to be timed right. You can't wait six months for the for next approval. approval. Right. You have, you the time, the, the way the body is responding to the initial surgery or the treatment, the cancer, the chemo, the chemo or the um, radiation afterward has an impact on how the body heals. So we need there's, we need to have this. We need to have the whole healthcare reimbursement system moves move quicker, move smoother, in a more predictable manner. Yeah, we. Um, I have said for a long time that I find healthcare to be one of the most necessary evils. Oh. Um, which I, I don't know if that's offensive to say, but we all have to have it, the insurance, but fighting for the coverage when you need it and, you know, the rules that they, it's it's nice to know that Leslie's out there doing she what is. she's doing to fight for those and, people. And it's so. not just about, you know, about Medicare for all. That's not the only, that's not, no. that is a battle. It is what is what is the future of health insurance going to look like? Mm-hmm. But you also want to make remember it's 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 the patients and the doctors, right? And the doctors you want to encourage uh, these uh, them to keep developing their specialties, to excel at what they do, to have to be creative and come up with new solutions. Um, I remember uh, one of the one of the doctors, one of a handful of doctors, they did a who does phrenic nerve transplants. You know, it's a only a handful of doctors in the world can do this. It's, it's, it's relatively a new surgery. Um, I remember one of the first cases that I remember really being able to understand what my wife does was when a, a high school football player um, was losing the ability to breathe on their own. They were, I mean, their their, their nerve had degenerated that controlled the, their lung action. And the phrenic nerve transplant, I mean, we're going back a few years, um, no, the, the doctor flew across the country. Um, the, uh, the child was flown in across the country, and they're there at the hospital trying to get a, a surgery approved that would save the patient's life. And Leslie went to bat and got that done. And it was, um, you know, that's when I really understood where she had taken the law firm and what her mission was. Wow. So, so well, she... Yeah, yeah, well, I finally yeah. got it right. Yay! <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> All right, every, so. and everybody heard that. That was on the air. It was on the air. Leslie, Leslie gave kudos to Matt for getting it right. So we're we're all good. There's hope for everyone out there now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I meant all men who are waiting for their wives' approvals. You know, yeah, no, it's, it's tough. Yeah, um, <laughs> we can we can be tough critters on occasion, can't we? <laughs> so anyway, speaking of that, I've got about a minute left. We have a minute left, so we'll do our last two couple of things coming up. We have another breakfast coming up on February twelfth. 
And who's the sponsor of that? The sponsor of that is Covenant House, New Jersey, yes. another nonprofit charity close to my heart. Um, so anyway, they are going to be the sponsor. And then we have our business after hours, February 25th at Albarino in Shrewsbury, sponsored by Tim Davis of Intercounty Mortgage and Elaine Chambray and Marie Noglos of Woodward Realty Rumson. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. So the other thing that we have coming up is um, our committees uh, at all are going to it's, be working at... Hurry up, it's 10. <laughs> is, <laughs> no I'm going Trying over. to quickly give him the hand signal here. He's going over time. He hates it when we do this. No, we, we got to start on time. I can go as long I did, I did. I know. So we're going to be at um, uh, lunch break. Oh, yes, yes. Your committees are going to be at lunch break. That's right. So if anybody who's listening is wanting to join us and is a active committee member, please join us. We're going to be working for the day. There's 12 people uh, available and come out and, and, you know, give back to the community with us. If you have any questions about being interested in that, you can contact Elaine Chambray or Deb Bowler from Elaine's from Woodward Realty Rumson. Deb Bowler's from um, SurfPro. Surf here in Eatontown. So um, reach out to them or reach out to the office and we can give you the details. Awesome. Members, so. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thanks, for having Thanks me today. Matt. We'll Thank see you, you on Wednesday. See you on Wednesday.